The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I am happy to bring you today's guest that addresses the topic of spirituality and faith within holistic counseling. Have you ever thought about tapping into the spiritual side of clients to help them with healing? Or have you been worried about how to do this ethically? What's the best way to help clients use faith during difficult times in their lives? Today's guest is going to address all of this and so much more. Alyssa Schneider is a licensed mental health counselor specializing in helping people struggling with anxiety, OCD, and eating disorders. She uses an integrative approach with her clients while being very compassionate, and she integrates faith into counseling sessions when this is a desire of her client. She wants to help people who are struggling with chronic issues that are getting in the way of living a full life, and her aim is to help clients live a life of meaning and for them to have true freedom. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for having me. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself and your work? Yeah. So I am a licensed mental health counselor and I see clients online uh, throughout the state of Florida, which is where I'm licensed. And I actually was practicing online over video um, even before everything with COVID. So um, I started my practice part-time in 2018 when I was still working for um, in the high school setting, actually, as a counselor. And then I decided to um, take my practice full-time um, after the 2019 to 20 school year. So uh, like a little over, going on a year and a half, I've been uh, kind of full-time now in private practice. So, um, but yeah, I've been focusing on helping clients with anxiety-related challenges. Um, some depression is really common too. So I work a lot with that. Um, and been using more of like Christian counseling, um, as time goes on with my clients that request that to be part of the counseling process. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of evolving over time and I'm growing as well as a clinician. So, yeah. So tell me about your journey with using faith and counseling. So is that something you've always used? Yeah. So, Um, It's definitely something that has come up since the beginning with my clients. I think that for clients, even that uh, aren't, they they don't have like a religious background or something that they're actively practicing. um, I think that it still kind of comes up, which is really interesting, but yeah. So I think that I've used it uh, less intentionally maybe in the past. And now I'm developing more skills and doing more training in that area. So I'm doing it, I would say, more intentionally now with the clients that, of course, give their you know consent to have that as part of the counseling process. So I know you mentioned consent. So how do you introduce any kind of spiritual beliefs or faith, any of that? Because I think a lot of therapists out there might be hesitant to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a difference between pushing your own. We have to be careful not to push our own 
belief systems. Right. So that right? would be unethical. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to do that. But yeah, there are ethical concerns. So of course, um, I have it on my informed consent and I asked, I asked clients to, um, fill out a question if they have a religious or spiritual practice and if they want that as part of the counseling process. And then if they say, yes, you know, I'm a Christian or I have this particular viewpoint, then I will go deeper into that, um, in the sessions with them and ask them questions about their faith and, um, what that looks like for them. I think for me, like there's, again, it goes back to that distinction of, uh, letting them kind of lead the conversation. I think that is really ethical. Um, asking them about their faith, asking them how they're, how do they use their faith? How is their faith helpful to them? Or, um, where are they struggling at with their faith? Um, I think kind of open-ended questions can be really helpful and also, um, be, ethical as well to help us not push our own belief systems onto the client. And I think coming from that acceptance too, that whatever they believe is okay. And mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. That could be part of it too. So yeah. I know you mentioned too that one thing you wanted to talk about was how do you help people come up with positive affirmations and positive thoughts? So how yeah. do you do that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think that with um, positive thinking, what I what I really like to focus on is to help clients bring in positive into their lives um, and and make it intentional instead of being reactive. And I know one thing that we're going to talk about is coping mechanisms or coping ways of coping related to faith. And this is very related, I think, to this idea of positive thinking. So um, I kind of view some coping mechanisms as being sort of reactive. And, um, and I think there's a slight distinction there between making a coping skill reactive versus using something that um, brings meaning to your life, um, helps you to think more positively. It's more in, about making it intentional. So um I think with the whole positive thinking thing, we have to even consider what we're exposing ourselves or what our clients are exposing themselves to on a consistent basis as well. Um, Like even movies or TV shows and stuff. Um, I don't know if you know much about like the highly sensitive person, but yes, yes, yes. definitely. I was on Lisa Lewis's podcast. I know you, you were, you have an episode coming out too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So. Am I okay um, podcast? We'll give her a shout out. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I think I consider myself as highly sensitive. I score pretty high in the highly sensitive, uh, questionnaire and everything. And there's, you know, it's not all just based on a questionnaire, but I see it in my life (laughs) too. Um, but I think that for people that are highly sensitive, especially, or if you're a really empathetic person, your client is really empathetic, I think that that kind of person needs to even be more um, careful about what yeah, they're exposing themselves to. I notice, like, if I watch certain things, um, you know, my heart rate will increase or, uh, like, if I watch a sad movie, that can impact, like, me for days later. <laughs> like I just saw this really great movie in the theater and, um, 
And it was so sad. And it was a lot about like mental health and stuff. It was really powerful. I liked the movie, but I was so sad. Too close to home, right? (laughs) Too much like our work, right? Oh my gosh, yes. It just like so deeply impacted me for um, like the rest of the night and maybe even into the next day too. But yeah, I think that we have to be careful about those things and our clients have to be careful about that. So it's like bringing in things intentionally that are positive. And I think faith can play a big role in that. Um, You know, as a Christian, like I try to intentionally bring in some Bible verses that are uplifting to me. And, you know, I have to ask myself how I want to spend my time. You know, do I want to spend my time watching like a dramatic reality TV show? Like, is that something that's going to be good for my brain? Or am I better served like focusing on something that will improve my positive thinking. So I think it's about... That's a great question, though. How am I spending my time? How do I want to spend my time? Yeah. I think it's about intentionality instead of reactivity or just doing the status quo, you know? So really, I guess it's really tuning in, like, what do I want right now? Yeah. Yes. What would help me? Because I wonder, too, if part of that could be your intuition to really listen. Well, what would be helpful for me? Mm Mm-hmm see what comes up. Yeah. I think that sometimes our clients and and us, we get stuck in these like patterns and we just do it because we've always been doing it. Like I've always watched, um, you know, the bachelorette or the bachelor (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I used to watch that by the way, a long time ago. Sometimes that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you have to ask yourself, I think in the moment, how that's impacting you. Like, is this something that's improving my relationships with others? Like, what is what am I feeding my brain? And I think that um, we hold on to a lot of things and it af- affects us subconsciously. And I don't even think, I don't think that we often think about that. And so we just expose ourselves like, oh, everybody else is watching this or, you know, I've always watched it. So I'm going to continue to do it. And I think that we just need to step back and ask ourselves like, oh, how do I feel when I watch the show or uh, when I listen to this radio station or when I read this blog, you know, how is that actually impacting me? Yeah, or <laughs> podcasts too. Yes. I love podcasts and <laughs> that's probably why I'm on one and why you have one. Yes, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. So um, we have to ask ourselves, you know, how these things are impacting us. So why is it so hard to control our thoughts and can faith help with this? Yeah, I think that there's, uh, when I work with my clients, I make the distinction between like active thinking and automatic thinking. And I think there's a, there's a big difference between those two things. Automatic thoughts to me are really hard to control. And I think that is um, like a drawback of uh, like some forms of therapy. Like, um, I think, you know, a lot of counselors are CBT trained, but I think that could be, um, like counselors and, and, uh, clients sometimes get the message that they need to control all their thoughts. And I think that the more that we try to control those thoughts, that they can, um, become our focus. They feel like there's something that we need to control. And then there's, you know, there's automatic thoughts and then there's more active thoughts. Um, If I want to think about a zebra right now, I can manifest that image in my mind, um, which is, is how I would define more like active thinking. So I think, you know, that's 
definitely something to think about and an important distinction. But um, it, it's easy to be more intentional, easier to be more intentional about what kind of thoughts we're bringing in more actively. Um, and I think that's where we have the power and our clients have the power to really bring in those thoughts intentionally, purposefully, and that can really help to create meaning in our life. I think it can um, positively impact our relationships. Um, and for clients that are interested in having faith as part of the counseling process, you know, um, faith can be a really uh, strong powerful thing to bring in, um, and can provide, I think the client with a lot of meaning in their life too. So, yeah. 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 So I, I know you mentioned you're more of the Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you get clients from other perspectives, I know we talked a little bit about this before we hit record. So, yeah. so are you able to bring any spirituality in with them as well? Yeah. I, I ask clients like how their faith how they use their faith in their life, what their belief systems are. Um, So it's definitely more of like exploration, I think, that I do with some other clients. And and that may, if someone is really strong in their faith, that might mean finding a counselor who has like a very similar background or faith perspective as what they do, because um, that might be a better fit for them than someone like me. You know, I've worked with clients that are Christian and Jewish, and I know more about those faiths. I'm a Christian myself, so I understand more of where the client is coming from. And if they feel like that's their faith is deeply impacting their life or how they want to live their life, then I think that um, sometimes clients would be best served if they have a clinician that are really that's really more well versed in their uh, specific. Um, faith background. So what about if someone's agnostic or atheist? Yeah. So it's interesting, like even with clients that don't have a belief system or um, they don't have faith, like that still, I think naturally kind of comes up. Um, A lot of times, like some, those clients might've been um, like had trauma related to religion um, and yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. And that can be something that's really important to explore. I think that we can't just like leave that off the table just because they're agnostic or atheist even, um, just because they don't have a specific faith. Um, currently that doesn't mean that it's not important to explore in the counseling sessions. So it sounds like through exploring, you just ask a lot of open questions and see where they are. Yes, definitely. And I think that I let that lead our conversation. Um, And I also ask like, okay, so you have this belief system, but um, how do you feel like it's serving you in your life or what importance does that have in your life? How is it impacting you? And that can be another really interesting conversation too. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I bet that could lead to more deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So how can faith help clients move through difficult situations in their life? Yeah, I think um, 
faith can be really, really powerful to bring into counseling. Then I think, like I said, I think it's hard to separate like counseling and faith. It's something that's really important to explore with our clients and and help them understand more about their faith and and their role in its role in their life as well. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like there was a part of that question that I didn't totally answer. It's okay. <laughs> I wonder how you use, how can you help them use faith? Uh-huh. Oh, Is there certain things that you say to them or yeah. insights? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to help them discover like how, what role faith plays in their life and then um, how can they apply faith into their struggle. So, um, you know, you're struggling with a lot of anxiety. And so how can you bring faith even into the midst of that anxiety? And I mentioned CBT. So I was kind of like CBT trained. I think a lot of counselors are. Um, But recently I've gotten more into doing um, things from like an acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT uh, frame of reference. So um, I think that can be, uh, that's really powerful, but it's a, it's a mind shift for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. mm-hmm. but act is really about if you still have this struggle, if you're still having this anxiety, how can you bring in, um, how can you live a meaningful life even in the midst of that? So, um, and that's really what I like to focus on with clients too. And for Christian clients, you know, there is, in any given situation, in any given moment, there's the situation or there's what's occurring within you and around you. There's you as the person and then there's God. So um, I think uh, it can be really powerful to explore, uh, okay, so you're having this struggle, you're dealing with depression or you're dealing with anxiety. How can you have a life of meaning and purpose um, even in the midst of that suffering? Those are great questions. Mm-hmm. So what happens when faith doesn't change a situation or difficulty? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) Uh, So much out of our control, right? (laughs) Yes, there is. Yeah, what happens when faith doesn't change something, really? Um, I think that a lot of people, even through prayer, they try to get something to change. And I've done that in the past myself, too. I've been a Christian, like, for my whole life. And I've prayed to God, like, oh, just take away this anxiety. Like, I don't want to feel this anxiety. I don't want to feel this sadness. I don't want to feel this grief. I don't want to suffer. And I think in this human life, we're constantly on this like never ending treadmill hamster wheel of trying to get happiness. And (laughs) I think that, um, there's some real downfalls to that. You know, if we constantly are trying to go towards happiness, we're trying to go towards pleasure and we're trying to flee, um, we're trying to flee pain and flee suffering. Um, I think that that can really lead to like exhaustion. And at some time, at some point we have to get off that, that hamster wheel. And I also think it leads to like a lack of um, of meaning in our life as well. So, you know, I think it's about understanding that this life is going to have pain. We're going to have suffering, but how can we bring 
faith into that. Um, and like I said, I think a lot of people pray for their suffering to go away. Um, and I think, uh, naturally we do want more pleasure than pain in our lives. Um, I think that's part of like the human condition is that that's what we want. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not, we're going to experience pain. It's to be expected. And, um, I think that we can bring in even like, uh, pleasure or joy, um, into the midst of, of that pain. Um, and I even point out to clients a lot, like we have this term that we use is, you know, we'll say I have mixed emotions. I have mixed emotions about this thing. And, why can't we have mixed emotions like anxiety and depression or uh, anger, but then we also have some peace, calm, and joy in those moments too. So I like to point that out to clients. That's true because we all have those inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think we can have suffering or happiness without suffering, right? Yeah. That that there's going to be both in this lifetime and mm-hmm. I guess finding some meaning and purpose with that too. Yeah. And I think we tend to fixate on these so-called positive emotions as well. Um, But really they're just emotions, you know, we might like having certain ones more than others, but um, at the end of the day, these are just emotions. And um, even something like anger, anger can be useful actually when we use it. Um, Sometimes- Yeah. Sometimes it can motivate us. Sometimes it can motivate our clients. Like if we need to set a boundary with someone else or, um, we have like a lack of balance, like our boss is keeping us at work too late or, um, you know, we're not getting home to spend time with our families and our loved ones, then anger can motivate us to set a boundary around that. Um, so it can be really useful too. So these negative emotions, uh, sometimes I think that they serve a purpose. And for me, I think that they're God given emotions, all, even the negative ones. Yes. It's all part of the human experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how can faith be a coping mechanism? Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I think that to me, it goes back to, bringing in faith intentionally and not doing it reactively. Um, And I think even prayer, so like prayer and meditation can definitely be, you know, so-called coping mechanism, but maybe um, using prayer or meditation to like change your own heart and not, I think that's frequently we use prayer to try to change God's heart or try to change God's mind. But what about using prayer to maybe change our own selves? So um, I think that can be really powerful when we're talking about coping mechanisms. But I like to use Or to things. change other people. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, we, we do that too. <laughs> um, and so like uh, even in the Bible, there's stories about um, like Solomon who he, instead of praying for like... Um, riches or or other things. Um, he prayed for wisdom from God and he was granted that. And so, um, yeah, I think that prayer, sometimes we act like God is going to be like a genie in a bottle, (laughs) but it's about maybe like changing your own heart through that prayer. So I think it can be really 
um, really powerful to bring in prayer and meditation as a so-called coping mechanism. I would say maybe like a calming or relaxation technique or mechanism because I'm not a huge fan of the word coping skill, <laughs> the term coping oh, skill okay. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cause what do me, you call it? Yeah. That's to me, like I'll use that term with clients, but I'll kind of explain myself a little bit more because I think that coping skills are reactive. And when we say coping skills, clients, I think oftentimes they think that it is going to be reactive. They're going to use this coping mechanism like deep breathing or meditation as a tool to fix their problem, which they view as like the anxiety or depression, difficult emotions. Uh, They use it as um, being reactive and to try to change these things. But what about um, doing it anyway, because it's meaningful to you, um, even if the suffering doesn't go away? Oh, that's a great philosophy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I'm kind of with that too, because I teach it as preventative, right? To yes. build that inner resource, that inner resiliency. Because mm-hmm. if we just band-aid approach it, that just do my deep breathing when I'm anxious, then it's not really going to be integrated into our system and really going to calm us down. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, you said like using it as an inner resource, um, but for clients who have faith, um, like I can identify with the Christian faith, as uh, I've said, um, I think that we don't have to rely on an inner resource either. So, like, That's true too. Yeah, it's so much bigger um, than ourselves. And I think that could be really freeing. And that's something that I explore with my Christian clients as well, if they wish to um, talk about their faith in the counseling process. Um, you know, I, I explore that with them as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it is just finding that that purpose too, right? And looking at that deep, the deeper perspective on that for them, mm-hmm. considering that. Mm-hmm. So is there a time that it's ever unhealthy to use faith as a coping? Or I know you don't like coping. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's a term that we use in counseling yeah. is coping skills. Yeah. <laughs> so I still use it, but I uh, tend to expand upon it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's clients that can definitely use it as, um, genie in a bottle, (laughs) uh, trying to change their current experience. Um, and I think that can be unhealthy. Um, yeah. And also it can get, um, like clients with OCD, um, sometimes people can get kind of fixated on faith, um, or like having to do it in a really rigid way, um, like focusing more on the ritualistic side of faith versus, or ritualistic side of religion, I should say, versus faith and relationship with God. So I think um, that's a big difference too. Um, and that can be a sign that it's unhealthy is that there's yes, this like rigidity. Yeah, there's like a rigid part of, of their behavior. So what's a takeaway you could share today that could help listeners who might be just starting their holistic journey? Yeah. Um, I think that it's really important to ask yourself um, what's important to you. And if you are a Christian or you have faith, um, asking yourself, um, you know, what is important uh, when it comes to my faith? So, and, and then taking action steps in that direction. So, 
uh, sometimes Christians talk about uh, the, developing the fruits of the Spirit. So how can I develop the fruits of the Spirit in my life? Um, and what action steps can I take uh, in that direction? What steps can I take um, today that support um, support my values as a person and support me living a meaningful and purposeful life and also a life that is balanced. Um, I think that's really important because even if we have the value of relationships um, and we focus all our attention and our energy on relationships and we kind of have this lack of balance between relationships and work, for example, then our financial security um, might suffer or we we might get fired from a job. So I think it's important to have that um, balance in your life as well. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Yeah, so they can visit my website. Um, It's floridachristiancounseling.com. And there's some free resources and stuff on there too. Um, And they can also contact me via my website as well. Excellent. We'll have that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Alyssa, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate you having me on. I think this is some great information that you brought to us today. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And thank you so much today for my audience for listening. And if you haven't joined yet, I have a Facebook group called the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group where you can gain support, connection, and find more resources on adding holistic practices personally and professionally. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. If you're loving the show, will you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.